the Biden administration's ambitious target for electric vehicle sales faces a big obstacle. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. President Biden wants electric vehicles to account for half of all car sales in the U.S. by 2030. That isn't going to happen, says Dionis Teschler, chief technology officer and co-founder of Gardnox, a provider of cybersecurity tech to the auto industry. The problem is inadequate supplies of the raw materials that are essential to current EV technology, including cobalt, nickel, and a host of rare earth minerals, a sector currently dominated by China. There just isn't a global supply chain in place to support production of EVs at the targeted level, he says. And even if the number of EVs coming off the assembly line does increase, there are severe environmental consequences associated with those vehicles as currently designed. So what kinds of strategies, both long-term and short, should automakers be adopting to meet the need for EVs while moving toward more sustainable supply chains? Here's my conversation with Dionis Teschler. Dionis Teschler, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thank you, Bob. Dionis, what is the current situation with regard to access to rare earth minerals, especially with regard to the production of electric vehicles? Actually, the situation is quite difficult in terms of supply chain. Just for us to get a, a bit of an understanding of how it goes, a lot of the components, the electrical components in electric vehicles, require those rare earth metals, things like lithium, like cobalt, like various types of nickel, and various other chemical substances and metals. And they're used mainly in order to create some components within electrical motors, especially in the magnets, and also a lot of the small components inside of lithium-ion batteries, which are used in electrical vehicles. And without them, you actually can't build the main parts of the vehicle. The situation is that most of them today are supplied by China. And due to the recent political issues, or maybe not so recent in the last couple of years with China, there have been sanctions back and forth between the Western world and the Chinese government regarding a lot of import and export. And a big part of that was rare earth metals. And what's happened in the recent couple of months is that most of the large automotive manufacturing countries, such as the U.S. or the EU, have decided to actually try and create a sustainable internal supply chain for these rare earth metals, which essentially led to a kind of deglobalization of trade taking us back several decades where the EU is basically saying, we want to source all of our rare earth metals within the EU. And the US and recently GM announced that they are sourcing their earth metals from the last mine standing within the US. And that 
at the end of the day leads to basically supply chain problems in terms of production. It leads to much higher costs for us as consumers. And really, in, in the medium term, it can slow down the output of EVs in general. So if we think about or we project the need for EVs from consumers rising quite rapidly, the supply can probably not meet that. But the effort to source rare earth materials domestically is a multi-year, multi-billion dollar project. So how do we keep up the flow of product in the meantime? What are the implications there? It basically means that there will be a limit or a cap to EV production. The exact numbers are, are, of course, not really clear, but of course, the growth rates which are predicted are not achievable probably due to that. Also, in parallel, you have the chip shortage. So sometimes it's a bit difficult to know what is the exact issue in terms of supply. But even if you can get your hands on a new EV, it will certainly cost more to the consumer than it would have been if, if we didn't have those problems. So are you saying then that the Biden administration's targets for achieving, say, I think 50 percent of all sales of autos in this country by 2030 to be EVs, are you saying those targets, based on what you're telling me about supply, are unrealistic? It looks like they are, by current technology understanding, unrealistic. I actually read recently, I believe it was on Forbes, that probably you need 10 times more Earth metals than used today in order to meet those targets. And obviously, if you think about it, if you take the U.S., for example, it has only one mine left standing for some of those. It seems like it's unachievable. And as mentioned, even if some of it will be achieved, you're talking about really high costs to the end customer, which will probably derail some of the attempt to introduce those vehicles into the market. What about the environmental consequences of ramping up rare earth production here in the United States as well as Europe? That's a, a great point and a very interesting point, Bob. And, and that's something that most people who think of EVs as environmentally conscious vehicles seem to be a little bit misguided or, or are not aware of the entire truth of the matter. And the thing is that when you look at EVs, both in terms of operation, so charging them with electricity, and in terms of production and destruction, uh, there's a whole life cycle that needs to be considered. And if you look at the production side, then the mining of these rare earth metals, coupled with the production processes used in order to basically build the batteries and some of the motors, are highly polluted. And the pollution to the environment where these specific factories are located is extremely high. Now, obviously, in recent history, a lot of this has been done somewhere off U.S. soil, especially in China or, or in other kind of far eastern geographies. And today, as that becomes less realistic, we're coming to the fact that basically these gigafactories of batteries need to come inside the U.S. or inside the EU. And that's a big problem in terms of environmental. In addition, when we charge the vehicles, we need to remember that electricity needs to be produced somewhere. And it all depends on the technology in which this electricity is produced. In the U.S., the situation is better. But if we take Europe, a lot of electricity production in Europe is done still using coal power plants. 
and these are highly polluted. And in Germany, there are actually less CO2 emissions if you're driving a Toyota Prius, which is still powered by petrol or gas, mm -hmm. than driving a Nissan Leaf, which is completely electric, because the electricity production is not really green. So if you take as an overall, you're finding yourself in a situation where an electric car actually pollutes today more in its life cycle than a traditional internal combustion engine. And recently, Volvo has published a study where it is claiming that end-to-end, -end, so from start of production of all the components towards the destruction of the vehicle or to the end of life of the vehicle, it's actually 70% more pollution uh, generating CO2 pollution than a traditional hybrid or even some general combustion vehicles, which wow, is wow. A, a staggering number, 70%. Taking into account all the ramifications of production and disposal and the like is where you get that figure? Yes, uh, exactly. That, that's how they came up with it. Of course, uh, the study published didn't exactly state all of the numbers that they took into account, but it was still publicly PR'd, and that's something that they apparently stand behind. And if you even look in the destruction of these vehicles, if you look at how the disposal process works with lithium-ion batteries, it's essentially equivalent to nuclear waste. Wow. So EV batteries are disposed of exactly in the same process as nuclear waste, which is being buried in the ground for later generations to worry over, which is not something we would like to do, obviously. Do you think that those concerns that you're voicing today might lead to the invention or innovation in alternative power beyond EVs? Uh, we've heard of the possibility of hydrogen figuring into somehow or complete redesign of batteries as they don't even require lithium. Might we be looking at some inventions down the line that will address this issue in that way? That's, again, a, a great segue. Uh, there are several possible solutions. One of them is mainly worked on in the EU, which is alternative fuels and new combustion engine technology. Several European manufacturers have committed to keep the ICE engine alive, the internal combustion engine alive. Mm -hmm. And Porsche, for example, has put in hundreds of millions of euros into the development of synthetic fuel, which pollutes significantly less. The process of manufacturing itself is not like an oil distillery. It also pollutes much less. And the corresponding engine technology to make it much more efficient. Because if we look today, uh, the benefit of fossil fuel is that the energy density in fossil fuel is still higher than lithium-ion batteries. So per pound of fossil fuel, you can extract more energy than one pound of lithium-ion. It's just the engine is not that efficient as an electric engine. But they're working on it. Another solution, as you've mentioned, is hydrogen. Hydrogen has been around for more than 20 years, but it's proved not very viable because essentially you're driving with a tank of hydrogen in your, in your trunk, which is rocket fuel. <laughs> so people don't feel really safe with driving with compressed rocket fuel in their trunks. Mm -hmm. So the technologies used today are basically attempting to generate hydrogen on the fly or generate electricity out of hydrogen in low amounts on the fly or fuel cells and things like that. 
but they still can't generate enough power to really charge the vehicle. They're still working on it. And another option, and that's an option actually we're working on Gardnox, is also trying to improve the efficiency of use of the batteries in electric vehicles. So essentially, you can have less batteries and still reach the range or the performance you would like by optimizing the way that these batteries are used or essentially improving the reaction speed of the entire system which charges and uses the batteries through faster communication. That would be a really valuable innovation given that range is still an issue with EVs and charging stations. So everything we've been talking about so far relates to long-range solutions. How can automakers evolve their procurement processes in the short term to adjust to these problems? Actually, the solution that we're working on, which I mentioned, can be applied in the near future. It doesn't require a change in battery technology or in motor technology. But what it actually does is make the entire system more efficient. And I'll give you an example. So every time you let off the gas pedal, in an electric vehicle, you start a process called regenerative braking. It's essentially a way to recover energy out of the heat and the kinetic energy generated in the braking process. Now, when you lift your foot off the gas pedal, it electronically sends a signal to the regenerative braking system to start doing that, and the system needs to also react and, and actually apply an algorithm in order to optimize this process. Now, if we can make that part of the equation more efficient, so have faster processing and faster communication, essentially each time you lift your foot off the gas pedal or actually even press the gas pedal or do several other operations in the vehicle, we can increase the efficiency by several percent. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it as a total, because when you have a drive, you lift your foot off the gas and put it on the gas and do other actions, dozens or hundreds of times, it all accumulates. And then you essentially can have much higher efficiency, 10, 15% out of an, an existing vehicle without changing anything about it. Additional ways to think about it is, of course, trying to see if you can implement additional measures or additional algorithms in order to make other processes in the vehicle more efficient such as maybe the charging process, which loses a lot of energy to heat. So you can still use the same materials, but make the process more efficient. Or having the autopilot or the automated driving algorithm adjusted to save more power. And these are the, the immediate actions that can be taken. Otherwise, on the supply chain front, as you've mentioned before, it's, it's a very complicated process. Are there ways that OEMs can work better together to source raw materials in the short term? As usual, of course, if, if companies collaborate, they can come up with more innovative solutions. One of the things that we did learn, let's take an example, the chip shortage from the chip shortage is that if you come up with solutions which are more robust to change because of a lack of a single component, you can actually greatly optimize your supply chain process in, in, in times of need. So if you can come up with a battery technology or a motor technology, which is less dependent on the particular rare earth metal, but can actually be implemented using 
several types of metals which are interchangeable, then you can have multiple sources combined together in order to essentially achieve the production output. Now that obviously requires research and by collaboration in between several players, each coming with their own battery technology and working on synergies, of course, there is a higher chance that something like that can be developed. Well, that's a fascinating perspective that EVs as they're currently constituted will not meet the goals that the Biden administration and others have set for them in the coming years, but there are some solutions along the way that can improve the efficiency of vehicles and the environmental consequences as well. So, Dionis Teschler of Gardnox, I want to thank you so much for being with me today and explaining this. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bob. It was a pleasure. That was my conversation with Dionis Teschler of Gardnox, talking about the promise, problems, and prospects of electric vehicles. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast. We're streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain, and also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.